Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode nine of Syncing with ServiceNow. I'm your host, Andy Whiteside. Today is November 11th, 2022. I had to start adding the date because I kept getting them all screwed up. So now I can help uh, hold myself accountable. Uh, this is the first one of these we've done in probably six months. And there's a reason. Uh, we are here today with our new um, director of our modern apps practice, which will be where our ServiceNow world fits. And that's a guy named Fred Reynolds. Fred, how's it going? Going great, Andy. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be on here. Glad to be doing this again. Glad to be talking about ServiceNow and how it impacts ourselves and our customers, uh, our future customers, and what kind of difference we can make in the ServiceNow world. I've also got uh, Moen Khan on with us. Moen is our global CTO. And until Fred showed up, Moen's been responsible for the ServiceNow practice. Moen, how's it going? Going good. So excited uh, to have Fred join us. And uh, seems like uh, uh, this is one area where we can do a whole lot, and uh, I'm really excited. Yeah, Moen's got a background in service now. Fred, we're going to get into that in just a minute as we kind of get Fred introduced. Moen, I have a, I have a question for you, uh, an answer as honestly as you can, because I think I already know the answer, uh, and it's going to be funny. So how much do you pay for that haircut? Uh, 23 plus $3 tip, and... $26. Okay. Okay. I thought usually uh, your wife did it. I was going to comment. Your hair looks great. It looks better than mine. I paid for mine, but uh sounds like we paid the same. Of course, you paid Canadian, right? Yes, I paid Canadian. Well, Andy, I think I can do your hair like Moen's for $15, so I could probably cut you a deal and get it done for you. Is that 15 US or Canadian? That's US, but you will have to tip. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Hopefully that was funny. And, and I thought he was going to say his wife did it because his wife, whoever did it, did a good job. Nice haircut. Uh, last time I saw you. My, my wife did that for two years uh, during pandemic. And this time she said, just uh, go and do your own thing. Yeah. Well, that's good. You had worked it out, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, did, uh, we did one haircut in my household ourselves. And that was my 12 uh, year old son at the time. And he didn't have a choice, but nobody else got their hair cut by anybody else in the family during the pandemic. I let my son at 14 cut my hair during the pandemic like twice. He was nervous as could be, and I'm like, big deal, I can throw a hat on. But it was really funny to see him do it because I think his hand was shaking, right? I'm lucky I didn't have jagged hair, but he did a pretty good job for never cutting hair before. I mean, you know, um, extraordinary times calls for extraordinary measures, and we've all lived through that. And, and a lot of people... Uh, really elevated their ServiceNow game. I was listening to a podcast called Workflow It, and uh, a lot of people elevated their ServiceNow game during the pandemic. And it's one of the reasons why Zintegra as a company really thinks that uh, the ServiceNow world, the ITIL world, the ITSM, the ITM, ITOM, customer service, and then on and on and on around workflows for all departments is something that uh, is going to be big. It's big now and growing and that we're investing in. So on that note, uh, today we're going to talk through this with Fred, kind of introduce him to the podcast, and then we're going to start picking up our blog reviews again. So Fred, um, you want to give us just a quick uh, background around uh, yourself and why you came to join us? Yeah, I'll try to make it quick, but uh, thank you, Andy and Moen, and I was very happy to join and, and Moen that you had already started, uh, you know, working in and, and working on ServiceNow. So I would tell you, I'm extremely excited to be here, probably without knowing it, right? My whole career has been built around kind of workflow and automations without even knowing it, right? So that's why this is so perfect. So I think um started out of college, which is where Andy and I met. So out of college, I started being uh, very techie. Uh, I got into IT even as an intern. 
started writing programs. Not something I wanted to do all the time was writing programs. So that's why I went to computer engineering. But through that, I started writing a program which helped pay my way through college uh, for an enterprise company, went into the IT department, did a lot of the tier one, two, three, four type services around IT. Uh, from there, went into not knowing what the company I worked for did, went into new product introduction. Now, that's where I kind of found my passion for automation and using that program to do something useful with it. So when I went into new product introduction, uh, understanding how the products were deployed, how we put them out into the market, I started to find a lot of opportunities to do automation and programming to uh, reduce the time to install or measure success of the installs or engineer the products. And a couple of years doing that uh, revolved into me actually getting a dedicated uh, services tools development team. So led a practice around doing this for many of the products that were deployed um, that rolled into uh, moving into bigger positions within there and managing larger teams. I spent six, seven years in the sales uh, as, a, as an SC um, and then and pushing out uh, some of the products that were in need at that time. And then fell where I came before I left, uh, before I came here, Andy, the last seven years, I was building a managed services platform where ServiceNow became the core of that for a lot of the capabilities that it has. So I think my whole career has been built around automation and uh, and trying to find ways to build workflows to, to simplify business. Working smarter, automation, workflows. Um, the uh, the work at Enterprise Company X. I don't know. Did you say the name of it? I did not say it, but it's Enterprise Company X. There you go. Also, I'll leave it there. Why um, why was ServiceNow the right fit there? That's a great question. The truth is, there's a lot of products out there, right? Depending on what you're looking for. My specific area that I was looking for was ITSM. I think ServiceNow has been the quadrant leader in there in Gartner. Um, it is the best ITSM system that I think is in the market. Although ServiceNow has many modules, many ways of putting in there, that was the leading reason why ServiceNow. Um, as I was looking for a replacement for what we had, which we had a ticketing system, the main things I was looking for were, one, to, to be ITEL aligned, which it is, um, integration story, right? That was going to be the biggest point for me is how does this thing integrate uh, throughout the, uh, the the enterprise that we had, right? How can I work with other systems, large systems? It's competitors. It doesn't matter. It integrates with it. So integrations was a key. And then really the workflow concept, that was a little bit new. I kind of looked at them as business transactions or how can I do this for the business from an IT standpoint? But the workflow concept, as you mentioned it, Andy, all the uh, workflow it, right? The whole concept of how you can digitally transform form a company or an organization, that was one of the biggest things for me was their explanation of how we could build workflows and the automation behind that to create a lot of efficiencies. Was there a, a legacy platform in place that you had to supplant or was this all net new? No, there was a legacy platform. It was built on like BMC Remedy and a lot of homegrown products and tools and off-the-shelf HP and BMC products. Uh, and again, we, you know, we use those products for the capabilities they had. I think we were getting to a point where we we're succeeding, looking for more out of that. And I think uh, one of the other big things, which you didn't mention is the point, you know, ServiceNow is a cloud-based solution. At that time, it didn't exist uh, there. Uh, and for that, we were having a lot of challenges with uptimes, uh, performance of our platform, and ServiceNow, once we implemented and were on to that, I would, I would say and testify for six and a half years, seven years, we had it out there uh, for our customers. We didn't have any experience, any outages. Uh, we were able to scale and grow as we desired. We were able to create multiple instances around the world to satisfy data sovereignty and other issues that would come about. So 
And I'm glad you brought up the, it was a cloud software. It was a born in the cloud software, right? I mean, born in the cloud. I, I, I heard you say in the past, it was, it's one of those born in the cloud solutions, which makes it a no brainer for us to join, you know, bring into our, um, our practice that we're building here, the modern apps practice, because there's no legacy to have to be held back by. That is correct. Uh, especially uh, with any product that is uh, born in the cloud um, brings in that uh, modernization that uh, uh, that customers are looking for, and uh, giving that flexibility. So one of the one of the best thing about uh, uh, the service now that um, I really love, like about what uh, Fred just talked about uh, automation and integration. So these are the two strong things that make ServiceNow, uh, especially in infrastructure and the modern day of workflow that we are talking about where we are heading. ServiceNow really brings that glue to uh, to make your make your customization, your automation, and your integration uh, simple. So definitely something uh, worth uh, for any IT company who is looking into uh, maturing their uh, their uh, IT and service desk. Uh, this is something that uh, uh, that that fits fills that uh, gap that is there at this time. Yeah. An extensible, which you might have said, and um, iterative, right? It keeps going. Like wherever yeah. it is today, literally tomorrow, it could be evolved. Or certainly, when they have their releases, it it, it goes forward. Whether you know whether you request it or not, it's going to keep moving forward and in an appropriate way. And you're you're evolving with it. Um, you're just it really makes for that world of legacy software is just completely inappropriate. And Andy, I think the power of the now platform, I mean, you kind of said it, right? Those integrations, those workflows, right? I think once you have it in your environment, right? You no longer see it. There are opportunities, right? People see them as problems. They're opportunities, right? So now we can build these opportunities to workflow it. I said, right, didn't I? Okay, I got you. <laughs> Very funny. Oh, really? I'll have to work on that. Anyway, I, you know, they're not problems. They're opportunities to go and solve, right? And through, did it again, through integrations, and through Samoan, so we got an inside joke because Andy told me that I, I say right a lot. It's confirmation, I think, to what it is to make sure you understand what I'm saying. Either way, um, I'll give a tip jar. You go home, you're right. I'm going to have to fill it up, give you lots of dollars for filling right, that up. With this podcast about having fun, just relax. Absolutely. Here's the thing we're just talking about stuff we do. It's not hard, right? That, right? <laughs> nah, <I'm doing> <laughs> Contagious. Because this is who we are. This is what we're passionate about. We've been passing around this uh, ITSM space and things that surround ITSM for many, many years. It's going to turn into a business. Yeah. And, and speaking, I think, Amy, that's what really brought me to Zintegra, right? I mean, I made a career change after 20 some, 26 and a half years uh, working for a large enterprise company. And I feel like this is now an opportunity for me to share a lot of what I've learned uh, with people in similar roles. And it may be something they're loving to do right now. They're just not sure how to do that transformation or what tool sets to use. And I hope that's what I get a chance to share my experience, come alongside with them, partner with them. You know, I, I love, you know, you sold me too, Andy, when you kind of said, we're going to build a, a community of partners and vendors, right? We're going to walk along, walk alongside each other, right? And grow and, and, and work together. So I'm excited about that. Go to community, serve the community that exists in the service now world. It's kind of happening but not our way, not not, yeah. not the way we want. I mean, we, we want to go do fun events. We want to go engage at levels at the upper crust of the business as well as the bottom of the business and bring everybody together and, and do it with our ServiceNow friends in tow with us. I think it's going to be revolutionary for everybody involved. 
And uh, who knows? Well, a year from now, five years from now, we'll decide if it worked or not. Absolutely. Uh, Fred, um, workflows that you used with your ServiceNow implementation that I think you owned from day one, you made the ServiceNow decision and implemented over a five-year time period. Uh, workflows, apps, modules, however you would talk about it, what were the ones that you brought into your ServiceNow ecosystem? Man, I would say it was quite a journey, right? I would say the first thing and the, and the one thing that I was uh, excited about with ServiceNow <clears throat> and going through the process of building something new, right, was to look at you don't really want to start it with the processes you have because you want to, the digital transformation is about creating new ones. But I do like the journey we had about what we had, looking at what they had out of the box, right? And then actually having good discussions about how to, what do we want looking forward, right? That's the biggest thing is the transformation is what do you want moving forward? ITSM is what we had, CSM. We evolved with the ServiceNow story. I honestly like to say, and not to take credit for a lot of it, right? But I like to say the evolution of some of the ITSM module, some of the tools that are in ServiceNow, was us working with them and saying, this is how we do managed services. Because, you know, we had to create custom code, which is easy to do in this environment, right? Low code, no code environment. We created custom things to fit our gaps. Well, sure enough, as the journey went on, ServiceNow created those out of the box. Um, and so we had times we went back and changed to go back out of the box. I bet 10,000 customers could say the same things and 5,000 other partners could say the same thing. That's what's so beautiful about it. It's a community that's growing and solving the challenges together and the software because it was born in the cloud, because it is in the cloud, because it's iterative, because there's no code, low code options in there. It can evolve very quickly. And at the same time, you've got everybody looking at it going, hey, that's a vulnerability. That's an issue, too. It's almost like um, like open source, but it's not. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. I, I love the fact that they've evolved in a way of thinking about the way businesses work, right? Even the managed services space, uh, the concept of remote tables and all this data that's out there that we have to gather. It doesn't all have to live in one space. It doesn't have to, but a platform that allows you to grab what data you need, put it in a place, analyze it, manipulate it, and then present it how you need to, and then discard it. I mean, there's so much capability. So to me, I say that wasn't there in the onset and it was many things. So Andy, I would say that I displaced many applications, um, streamlined many processes, right? Really made things a lot more efficient with bringing ServiceNow in. That's what we needed to do. Here's a question for you guys. Mo, I'll let you answer first. What is, what is uh, IT in an organization's job? What's their role? To enable business. Why, Fred, why is it called an application? Why is that called an application? Why is it called an application? Because it does you're, something. You're, why, why is it when you put, um, um, I know you know this, why, why, why when you put fertilizer on your grass, why is it called an application? Oh, to make it grow. You're fixing it. You're making it better. Yep. You're applying something to make it better. That's what applications are. That's what IT does. That's what IT manages. I can't tell how many organizations I go in where the IT department doesn't really talk to the business. Yes. Why not? That's your job. Well, I think that's what ServiceNow has done. And that's like this community is bridging the business organizations along with IT, right? So business organizations can come and help solve their own problems. The whole concept of looking. If you're not a nonprofit, why are you in business? Yeah. To make money, right? Yep. That's, that's the system. And there's countries that aren't even capitalists that know that now. And at the end of the day, a lot of people are better off if their company is successful and makes money that gets distributed through them. That's the way it works. Absolutely. It's the world we live in. Uh, hey, Moen, uh, let's assume you're interviewing Fred now. What, what have I not asked him that you would ask him? Uh, so to your topic of uh, uh, trying to what IT does uh, and how uh, it enables the business, um, 
in in your uh, past experience, uh, I know what uh, uh, keeping uh, ServiceNow taking an example. How ServiceNow solved their problem? How how was it not only a tool but enabler to business to go and do the job? How did it fit into the whole grand schema of um, the business? Yeah, so I would say that the way I used ITSM in a managed service role was not internally focused, but I used it from an external focus way where I serviced our customers, right? So the IT was the back end of all the the, the functions that we did, the move, add, change, and support, ITEL stack. Um, the, the, the customer side of that, right, the CSM side of that was us able to present that out to our customers in a very consumable way, uh, task-based notifications, letting them click two-step clicks to be able to ask uh, for what they needed, right, from a consumer perspective. And I think that's that's the power of what we did by using it was just to tie the customer along with our IT operations people, right? Or in my terms, it was with the entire services organization, right, that fulfilled the request of the customer. I hope that answered your question. It did. Great, thanks. Mm -hmm. So, um, Fred, what was the... Um... Well, okay, so at Zintegra, we are building out a managed service instances so that we can support mid-market SMB customers and even enterprise customers that want kind of a, I don't want to call it cookie cutter approach, but some type of foundation to build on, and then it can all be customized after that. Um, you guys at uh, Enterprise Company X, you guys built this thing from scratch, right? That is correct. You had the option to do it as part of someone else's framework, would you have done it and done it there that way? Can you see values as to why, you know, mid-market and other companies might want a framework just to build on top of? Absolutely. I, you know, and, and I looked at those types, right? I mean, the concept of, of the, the, the reasoning for doing it the way I approached it and the way I needed to do it was just the sheer size, right? The, the number, or the size of what we were and what we supported and the sensitivity of that, right? Um, if I would have had an opportunity just to, to run alongside of, of one that was already built, that was ready and white lady but and did everything I needed to do, absolutely. Now you can still do that and customize it, which I think is what we're trying to create as Integra, right? Out of the box, right? And then we understand the business needs because every customer is going to have, every business is going to have different needs. Every Operation is going to have different needs, their processes, right? And we customize it for that. Yeah. And, and what percent of customers, what percent of a build do you think a customer is going to be able to get out of our managed service instance that we didn't customize for them? What, how much of the effort, Moen, do you think we're going to be able to fast track? Around 80%. Yeah, I agree. That's huge, right? So, um, yeah. you know what I heard caught somebody the other day, 45 days just to get a project up and going. I'm assuming based on your numbers just now, if we had an instance that we could just start building from, then 80% of that 45 days just disappeared. Uh, yeah, and if you if, you, if you talk about uh, ITSM, understand the, the whole uh, methodology and framework is on ITIL. Uh, so ITIL, uh, gives you the framework and every company follows that uh, framework. So when we talk about going and doing a managed services for them, uh, we have built things based on that ITIL framework. So most of the customers, they will have the same exact same workflow and framework that uh, every uh, every organization is following. So what we are doing is we are just going in. We are saying that we have already built this ITSM based on the framework that has been recommended. Now, 
this framework either uh, either you can take either we can take your framework and then layer it on top of that or if you want to just use the current framework that we have in that case they don't have to do anything because it is already following industry best practices uh, so they can just take it and adapt it or if they say no we have some delta we we do things some differently from other businesses these are the differentials we have so we just take those and then build it on top of that so Andy, I want to speak to that because Moen hit some really important things because you have a framework that's built, which is industry standard best practices, right? I think that's that's the value of like working with somebody like Zintegra. We have an a instance built that someone could adopt to, right? Because you want to stay out of the box. You want to stay current. You want to have your updates sets done for you, right? You don't want to fall behind the times, right? As long as you stay current with these platforms, right? You get the latest and greatest that's available to you. If you stay out of the box, you adopt those and you have those right away. You just pull the levers and, and use them. Um, I think you want to discourage most from creating custom processes that are not not aligned with what's business and standard, right? Um, now, I would say that within the company I work for, we're well along in our processes and we had so many people that did, did not want to do a different process. That's a pain, right? I mean, that's part of working through it, right? If you're going to change, there has to be a change. It's just taking the old process and then digitizing that and doing the same thing is not really creating a lot of efficiency. So I, I like what, what Moen said, because I think that's the value of what we need to do is, you know, show what comes out of the box and try to minimize some of the customizations around the framework. Now, applications is different, right? Or solving the problems or creating workflows is different, right? They need to be customized. But the, the general basics and the framework of what the platform provides which stay close to. So guys, one of the things that we hope to do as Zintegra with our ServiceNow practice is to bring our other vendor partners into the mix to take a, a liquidware and make sure they're represented in the ServiceNow store. And then we additionally bolt onto that a Nutanix, an iGel, a Citrix, a VMware. Uh, I could go on and on. Where, where do you guys see the need for a partner who understands more than just the ServiceNow side of the world to show up in this ecosystem and bring those elements together? You were part of the yeah. guy who helped like th you and I did this for one cut one vendor. And now it just <laughs> seems like there's a limitless number of vendors that needs that integration, whether they know it or not. I agree. And, and, and getting into uh, getting into this uh, uh, generation where we are, we are talking about uh, simplifying the work and uh, uh, labor costs being so expensive, we just don't want to do it. So uh, labor cost uh, being a labor cost and overall manual error that can cause uh, doing those repetitive tasks. If I'm able to go and take those repetitive tasks and uh, can can uh, simplify it at the same time, integrate it with, uh, with the partners that we are working with. So every customer that I talk to, they are using most of those uh, vendors being Nutanix, be it iGel or Liquidware or Control Up uh, for their management of their infrastructure, they're using these things already. Now, if I take all those data that is already there into a different database, so we have block and bucket of databases that is sitting there with information, which we cannot analyze it and, and, and use it to effectively if we don't bring it under one single pan of glass. So that's what ServiceNow gives us. And, and bringing in these partners where every vendor that we talk to, they have a use case 
that customers is asking, but they don't see a bigger picture. And, and that's where bringing in uh, someone like us, where we, we see how these things, they, they club together, how they, how they work together. And if we can bring this value into a single pan, I think uh, that, is, that is a big win for our customers. Yeah, and I think a single pane of glass that has automatic multi-channel notifications to let you know, Andy, I think that's what we see, that the vendors, there's, there's lots of vendors, there's lots of solutions, right? But what is managing those, what's tying all that together? And I think that's it. That's why when you say you don't know if they do need it or not, right? They need it. They just need to know how that gets plugged in, right? What data goes from there? Because most people have their own, most companies, vendors have their own uh portals they have their own utility tools right but that's okay but people who are running the business right they just want something a little bit more simple it all comes to there and consolidates it all runs the analytics across every bit of it right notifies one single platform on all issues no matter what the products are and, and the assumption by a lot of vendors is their customers will figure out a way to integrate their stuff into service now and if you can just give them an example of how to make it easy and a couple of examples of what could be there could be a lot more that comes out of that, but somebody's got to get it going. Somebody's got to be the first person to get on the dance floor at your cousin's wedding and break it down. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. There's always that guy, usually to my 13-year-old son. He's not scared. <laughs> Indeed. He can't dance for anything, but he doesn't know it. It's all right. Kind of reminds me of somebody I used to know. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, guys, it's been great. Good conversation. We'll get back to it next week or a week after, and then we'll grab a couple of blogs and we'll review those and maybe bring the author on. Fred, you always got the green light to reach out to the author for the, the blog you want to cover a month ahead awesome. of time and, and see if they'll join us. Now, notice most of them will want to have like four calls ahead of time to plan. Uh, we just jump on and talk about it and just cover what's in, right in front of us. And you know, that is very valuable. Good, good conversations. Guys, thank you for doing this. Um, uh, Fred, anything else you'd want to bring up on your first podcast? No, I'm excited. I, uh, I, I hope for a long series of these and keep having conversations. So thank you both. At five years from now, you'll be walking around. People recognize you in the airport. Oh, yeah. <laughs> be <laughs> dancing not. in the airports. Maybe maybe at a ServiceNow conference. That may be more like it. There you go. <laughs> Unless you wear your Sinking with ServiceNow t-shirt. My name is Fred on the front. Then you might. Then they Mo, might know the name. Mo, anything you want to bring up? Uh, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, and I believe that, um, this is uh, something to your point, uh, Andy, there, there are, uh, there is a need and, uh, many customers, uh, who need help and every customer that I talk to, and I'm talking about every customer that I talk to, um, the minute I talk about, uh, and I, I've started to, uh, uh, shy away from asking these questions that what is your, uh, operations model? and everyone has a pain and uh, they don't know how to go and fix it, uh, especially because of the cost of the product, cost of the services, and don't know how these things, they work together. Uh, that one piece where I feel someone who can understand and simplify it and demystify it where it is not too complicated, it is simple enough for customer to digest. This is one of the biggest thing that we can give it back to the community. Yeah, there's no there's no perfect IT shop. If you think yours is, you're yeah. you're fooling yourself. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, thank you. And we'll do it again in a couple weeks. Thank you. All right, thanks.